Hello everyone, it is now 5pm on this Wednesday evening in Kingston and you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, www.cfrc.ca. Welcome to this week's segment of Today in YGK with me, your host, Alexandra Fernandez. Today in YGK brings you need-to-know news about what's going on right here in our beautiful city of Kingston. From current news, special segments, and interviews with some amazing guests, I'm sure you'll find something of interest that gets you to tune in. If you have any news to share with me, please contact me via email, which is news at cfrc.ca. So without further ado, let's get right into it. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, folks. Thanks for tuning in to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. I hope you are having a lovely Wednesday. I know it's been rather cold and gloomy this week, and we're not exactly supposed to see any difference for the rest of it, but hopefully you're staying warm and keeping yourself occupied while still staying safe, of course. We have 47 active cases of COVID-19 in the KFLA region as of this morning, down from 51 as of yesterday. We've remained at a pretty steady number, but hopefully the case count starts going down a lot more now, especially since we are going into a further lockdown as of 12.01 a.m. on Thursday, January 14th, so just in a few hours, quite honestly. Just remember to stay safe by practicing proper social distancing, by staying six feet apart from others, practicing hand hygiene, wearing your mask, limiting your travel, and interacting with those in your household only. If you're looking for something different to check out during this round of quarantine, if you're stuck at home, I have some exciting stuff on today's segment for you. Today on air, I have with me Tess Whitman, who is the Community Engagement Specialist at Sustainable Kingston. The Kingston Climate Change Symposium is happening tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., which is a very exciting event, and it is free and open to the public on YouTube. You can find the live stream on the City of Kingston YouTube channel. But without further ado, let's welcome Tess onto CFRC 101.9 FM. Thank you so much for joining me in our virtual studio today. Before we get into the questions about the Climate Change Symposium taking place tomorrow, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, So I'm Tess Whitman. I've been at Sustainable Kingston for over two and a half years now. I'm the community engagement specialist, so most of my activities include uh, planning events such as this symposium, or usually we run community-wide cleanups um, known as Pitchin. We also run a business sustainability program, so celebrating and marketing all of their sustainability successes. Um, And yeah. Awesome. So yeah, the 2021 Kingston Climate Change Symposium is taking place this Thursday, January 14th at 9 a.m., hosted by Sustainable Kingston, as well as in partnership with the city. Um, And what exactly is the aim of the event for those who may have, um, who are kind of new to it? So this is uh, the fourth year that we're running uh, this symposium. So the aim is to Uh, inspire action, as well as learn about some developments in community-based climate initiatives. So each year we have a combination of uh, local speakers. So for example, um, the uh, Julie Salterkeen from the city of Kingston, Uh, she's the manager of the climate leadership division. We'll be talking about local efforts here, Uh, but then we also 
have some inspiring speakers like Severin Kala Suzuki, um, who will bring a broader perspective on climate. Great. Um, and how long has this symposium been? Well, I guess you said four years. And what has it kind of grown to since its start, as well as Sustainable Kingston as an organization, too, if you can speak to that? Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so this is the fourth year that we're running this symposium. Uh, and each year it's just getting bigger and bigger. Um, so we, uh, we've sold out of our tickets for the Zoom meeting today, uh, but people are still able to watch the live stream. Uh, so that means that 500 people are already signed up uh, a few days in advance of the symposium. Um, in previous years, it was in person at the Grand Theater. Uh, and last year we had over 600 people registered. Um, which is really amazing to see all in one room. Uh, I wish uh, over Zoom you would be able to see uh, how many people and the impact it has, but uh, at least this year we have a much larger reach with it being virtual. Yeah. Uh, and at Sustainable Kingston, uh, we've seen the same thing year after year, uh, increased participation, um, both like on our social media and in our events and campaigns. Um, Pitchin was always a really good example of this. Uh, we started in, I think about 2014 or 15 with just like maybe a few hundred people. Then it started doubling each year. So in 2019 was the last time we ran it. Um, just with uh, the current context, we haven't done it since, but we had almost 10,000 people across the city uh, cleaning up garbage. So, wow. um, yeah, and we've also seen our um, sustainability program called Sustainably.eco. We, uh, we started this program locally a couple of years ago, 2018, uh, and we've grown from just a few businesses to um, about 50 who are all measuring their carbon footprint and working to be more sustainable. Awesome. That sounds really, really great. Um, and can you tell us a little bit more, more about the keynote speaker, um, Severin Kolesizik, you know, a global advocate, I would say, for climate change and environmental sustainability? Yeah, of course. Uh, she was recognized when she was 12 years old as a, a climate leader, as the, the daughter of um, David Suzuki, and she's mm -hmm. also now the executive director of the David Suzuki Foundation. Oh, wow. Um, and she is uh, currently working on her um, PhD, and she's a phenomenal speaker. Um, you can see a few of her talks online, and she really has a way with uh, getting people's attention and inspiring them for action. Great, yeah, that sounds really cool, and such a like amazing big name, like too, to speak to that, yeah. Um, and what does Sustainable Kingston hope to achieve with its reports, research, and all the different community partnerships and events that you host? Uh, well, the aim is always to um, further our sustainability efforts. Um, the uh, vision of the city of Kingston's is to be uh, Canada's most sustainable city. So. Any, any action and any partnership will bring us closer to that goal. Um, and just, yeah, through partnerships is a really a key way to do it, especially in a, in a town like Kingston where everything is um, so connected. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just some ways, like in what ways can residents here in the Kingston area and anyone listening for that matter, no matter where they are, like how can, they implement sustainable practices into their daily lives and stuff. 
Yeah, um, I find a great way to do it is just by um, gradually implementing habits. Um, I, although it's very ambitious, I find it can be fairly difficult to go from like zero to 100. Um, but I find if you gradually implement these habits and really ingrain them, and then you just keep adding more. Um, so oftentimes I'll just Google, um, figure out like what new thing can I do? So maybe one week it'll be substituting, um, your milk products and looking at what milk product is the best. So, um, maybe one week you'll switch to oat milk and then you'll carry that on. And then the week after, um, you'll look into reusables, uh, maybe using like reusable napkins or like cutting up your shirts and using them as rags instead of paper towels. Um, so really focusing on your own individual action and then uh, past that is joining community efforts uh, to really work as a collective. Okay, awesome. Yeah, those are some really great ideas and just like really simple things that can, um, you know, contribute to change for sure. Um, and with the symposium happening on Thursday morning, how can people attend and um, just engage with this event? Uh, people can find all the information on the Sustainable Kingston website, so sustainablekingston.com uh, on our event page. Uh, so since tickets are sold out now, uh, there's no need to go to the ticket page, but uh, it will all be live streamed on the City of Kingston's YouTube channel. Uh, so as many people can just watch it from there. Awesome. That's really great. Um, and is there anything else that you would like to add before we end off? I don't think so, other than um, this is a really great event and a signature sustainability event in Kingston that I think uh, everyone should attend if they want to learn more about uh, climate action here. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much um, for joining me today um, on this platform to chat about the symposium happening um, Thursday, January 14th. Um, yeah, it was great having you with us. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Again, thank you so much, Tess Whitman, for coming on to CFRC 101.9 FM to talk with us about the Climate Change Symposium that is being hosted by Sustainable Kingston as well as the City of Kingston tomorrow morning at 9am. Like Tess said, you can go to the City of Kingston YouTube channel to watch the live stream. It is happening from 9am to 12pm tomorrow, so definitely check it out. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a break and listen to some tunes and then we'll be back with some updates about what happened at City Council meeting last night. This is Come a Little Closer by Cage the Elephant on CFR C 101.9 FM.
thousand people stand alone now And in the evening the sun sets Tomorrow it will to CFRC 101.9 FM that was come a little closer by Cage the Elephant. Hope you enjoyed that. We're going to dive into what went down at city council meeting last night, Tuesday, January 12th. Yesterday was the first city council meeting of 2021. Many topics were discussed, but most intriguing were the delegations and motions on conversion therapy, as well as the requests brought forward by members of Turtles Kingston, a philanthropic group dedicated to protecting the species of turtles here in the KFLNA region. The motion on conversion therapy brought forward by Councillor Bridget Doherty aims to formally denounce Bill C-6 and the act to amend the criminal code, which is meant to criminalize the practice. Conversion therapy is the act of trying to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity with various types of intervention. As listed on the Justice of Canada website, Bill C-6 would amend the criminal code to prohibit any activities that relate to conversion therapy. The bill would prohibit causing an individual to undergo conversion therapy against their will, causing a child to undergo conversion therapy, removing a child from Canada to undergo conversion therapy abroad, receiving a financial or other material benefit from the provision of conversion therapy, and advertising an offer to provide conversion therapy. During the delegation period, Seth Perry, a pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church located at the southeast corner of Victoria and Earl Street, Mr. Perry said that the church is a place where members of the LGBTQ community are celebrated, defended, and declared as sacred. Kaylee Gabriel and Sheila Rowade, who were also present, spoke about conversion therapy, and Kaylee being a psychotherapist and working for mental health and addiction services for KFLA. Ben Rogers was also present during delegations who spoke to his experience of surviving conversion therapy that he faced at Third Day Worship Center when he was 19 years old. Third Day Worship Center is also the church that Mayor Briar Patterson was a member of for almost two decades before stepping down in 2020 due to the anti-LGBTQ plus messages that were put out by the pastor Francis Armstrong. All these people gathered essentially to urge city council and specifically for Mayor Patterson to be requested by council to send a letter to the Prime Minister of Canada, the Minister of Justice and the Attorney General, the Minister of Diversity and Inclusion and Youth, and 
Member of Parliament Mark Gerritsen to express support for Bill C-6, an act to amend the criminal code conversion therapy, and that council directs staff to work with health agencies, including the Kingston Community Health Center and KFLNA Addiction and Mental Health Services, to develop a Kingston support system that any member of the LGBTQ2S plus community can access, and present this to council no later than September 30th, 2021. The original motion called for City Council to publicly denounce this practice, as well as support Parliament in their mission to add conversion therapy to the criminal code. City Council went further than this, however. They ended up unanimously voting for city staff to draft a bylaw that would ban conversion therapy in this municipality to be drafted no later than the end of 2021. Conversion therapy will be enforced with fines and pressed for those who do practice it. This is a great step forward for those in our community who identify as part of the LGBTQ plus community, especially as Kingston could be one of the first municipalities in Ontario to ban conversion therapy as a practice. Another delegation that occurred was in regard to the Turtle Crossing migration strategy at Princess Street at Collins Creek. Maysben Armstrong and Richard Peterson, two Kingston area residents who are a part of the philanthropic group Turtles Kingston that exists on Facebook, spoke to the issue on Turtle Crossing and the lack of resources and support that their organization has to help the species at risk. Mabin Armstrong talked to the fact that people, a part of this group, herself as well, have spent days on end in the wetlands areas where these species congregate to ensure that they are safe when crossing the road. On average, it takes about nine minutes for a turtle to cross a two-lane road. She even said that at the time, they were out there for 39 days in a row helping these species. Richard Peterson spoke to the fact that there is an increase in traffic on Highway 2 and that Highway 2 is also a 401 emergency detour route. He also mentioned that Collins Creek Road is a significant wetlands area and that these turtle species are crucial to keeping our wetlands functioning. Because this group is made up of volunteers only, it is sometimes a challenge to rely on people's time and schedule to help the species that they attempt to save. This is why they are calling for City Council to increase the operating budget in 2022 by $10,000 annually for the ongoing maintenance and monitoring of the turtle crossing at Princess Street at Collins Creek. Fencing is the most important need right now, as that would lessen the pressure of people to contribute their time if fencing existed to protect the turtles. The timeline they are giving is May, as the summertime is when these turtles are really out and about. And then the hatching occurs in the fall towards the end of September. Moving on from City Council news, Ontario is going into a second state of emergency as of 12.01 a.m. tomorrow, Thursday, January 14th, 2021. This will be in effect for at least 28 days. This means that people can only leave the house for groceries and medical appointments, as well as work if you are classified as an essential worker. You can also exercise and walk your pets. OPP, municipal police officers, bylaw officers will be issuing tickets to those who do not comply with these new orders. Non-essential retailers will also be reducing their hours and they will not be open before 7 a.m. or after 8 p.m., which includes hardware stores, alcohol stores, and stores that offer curbside delivery and pickup. Construction projects that are also deemed as non-essential must stop work. 
Yesterday on Tuesday, January 12th, 2021, the first batch of Pfizer BioNTech vaccines were administered to Kingston residents who work and reside in long-term care homes, along with designated essential caregivers as reported in the Kingston wig. The clinic is set up at Kingston General Hospital and people who are able to receive the vaccine are only able to do so by appointment and by invitation only. The Kingston Health Sciences Centre is also working with other public health agencies in the stretch from Belleville to Brockville to set up clinics to administer the vaccine to long-term workers and residents in those areas as well. Dr. David Pechora, who is KHSC's president and CEO, said that we believe we'll be able to provide first doses of the vaccine to over 1,900 prioritized long-term care and high-risk retirement home residents, healthcare workers, and caregivers throughout the southeast region in the coming days. This is providing a lot of hope for our community during this time as it will protect the lives of those who are most at risk. Thank you so much for tuning in to Today in YGK. I hope that you enjoyed this segment. Don't forget, as we discussed earlier in the episode, the Kingston Climate Change Symposium is happening tomorrow morning. You can stream the event for free on the City of Kingston YouTube channel. It begins at 9 a.m. and it is an exciting event and one that many people look forward to. Thanks for tuning in to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM. Don't forget to stay safe, folks. Wear your mask. Stay six feet apart. Practice good hand hygiene and limit your travel and your trips outside the house. Um, Thank you again so much. I hope that you have a great rest of your day on CFRC 101.9 FM. Thank you for listening to Today in YGK, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.